0: We're unabashedly obsessed. We've got to get it off our chest. Please sit there and be quiet. Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show, we like to talk about things related to pop culture.
1: And not-so-pop culture.
0: And it's our year-end books episode episode. Which is going to be previewed by...
1: Some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Remember last week when we talked about Fallout Boy, but first we talked about 20 minutes worth of other stuff? Yeah.
0: Welcome to part two. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's hey. this is appropriate because that was a book that we talked about. Uh-huh. And now we're kind of bookending it. Uh-huh. With not book before we talk about books. Yeah. Books, books, books.
1: Books, books, books. But first, we found a thing. So you all know Chris Yule. Yes. Our good good friend Chris Yule from Finish It. The
0: delightful host of Finish It. He's a jack of all trades, book shoe, book janitor, all sorts of things.
1: Yes. And you've heard him on this podcast talking about Airborne back in August. Of course.
0: You you were there.
1: So would you like to tell the story of how we came upon this? Because I don't know how you got there.
0: So I was on Twitter. Sure. Just hanging out. As you do. As you do. And on Timeless... There's a character named I want to say Rufus, so there's a white girl, a white guy, and a black guy. okay. The black guy has this music project that Chris Yule,
1: the actor does yes, okay,
0: has this music project that I guess the video for which they uh, a a recent promo video they recorded where the black guy from Timeless married th- the actress that he is his love interest that is his love interest on Timeless, okay. So there were these promotional pictures that that everyone was freaking out about because they're like because there's a timeless movie coming out at, oh. very very soon. Oh, as like their series wrap up. They, oh, a
1: TV uh, movie. Right, right. Not right, not theater. Okay, music, I was right. like, how did I miss that? Yeah.
0: So, um, it's gonna be two hours. It's I think it's sometime in December. Cool. So people were like, oh my god, pictures from the movie Rufus and I'm so sorry, I don't know what the character's name is. It's been a long time since I've watched. It's like Natalie or something. So they. <laughs> People were like freaking out. But that's that's besides the point. Cause I was like, wait, what's going on? Because Chris Yule retweeted that and I was like, um, what a happy occasion. Cause so then I was like, wait, did the actor marry the other actor? Right. Cause like, whatever. And he's like, I'm so you know, you can see my my happiness. And he posted a picture that I couldn't tell because it was a weird angle and like kind of like from the side. And and I was like, is that Chris Yule? So, anyways, I think that was him, or he was making a joke about that. Whatever. I didn't see the video. Sure. Anyways, I go down this rabbit hole where I see replies to his thing. The guy from Timeless has liked it. Okay. The The other actress from Timeless has liked it. Sure. And a third actress has been like, oh my God, you know them? And I click on her thing and she's also in Timeless. Okay. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? How does Chris Yule know all these people from Timeless? So of course, I tweeted Chris Yule and I said, so... I guess you know all these people from Timeless. Did they hire you on as a consultant after you finished The Cave of Time? Sure. Solid finish it reference. Uh-huh. And he, of course, yes, handed me and said, yes, I Mm -hmm. went through that GD book so many GD times that they hired me on because I know cave-based time travel. Sure. Very, very funny. Yes. So then I was like, wait, has Chris Yule been on Timeless? (laughs) (laughs) So then the thought occurred to me, wait a minute, Chris Yule lives in LA. Uh Uh-huh. Wait a minute. And this is the only time this has ever occurred to James. This guy, uh-huh. talking right here, imdb. dot com.
1: Yeah, because you never use I IMDb. never
0: go to IMDb. Search Chris Yule, and he has a page. Of
1: course he does. Yeah, of course. He lives in LA. Lives in if you LA. live in LA, you have to have an IMDb it page.
0: Comes with the, the miniature tide samples. Um. Yep. So the thing that I had seen him in was uh, he was in an episode of Scorpion, and I have it was long enough ago that I have se- I have definitely seen that episode. I did not note him because he was like something fan number two or something like that. And
1: you didn't know him at the time that you exactly, saw it. Exactly. So... And it was
0: like five years ago. So yeah. like I gave myself a pass and I think listeners will give me a pass. Sure. But the point is he had a credited role, even if it wasn't a named role. Sure. So I've definitely seen him on screen. Uh-huh. Way before I ever saw him. Knew he existed. Right, <laughs> Talked to him on the on the, you know, on the phone. What's it called? The internet. Internet. So then I found this... I, I saw I saw his other credits and he has a bunch of things that are like six episodes and he's like a named character. On. Sure. I was like, what is this? Internet again, YouTube.com. Yep. And that's when I searched mermaids. So I clicked on it and I watched, I'm going to go ahead and guess 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I paused it, went over to Facebook.com, hit the all caps button and composed a very calm message to Aaron that was like... Aaron, oh my God, <laughs> Link. So then we watched this six-episode series called Mermaids.
1: M E R M A T E S.
0: Now, if now I don't know how you want to do this. I think I would recommend pause the show, go watch the six episodes. It'll uh-huh. take you like forty-five minutes, if even that. If even that. Each, no, one, no, each one, you know, it'll take you half is, an hour at most in yeah, watching. Yeah. Each takes one them.
1: is maybe five minutes long. Yeah.
0: So then go do that, and then come back. Now, you're going to come back shaken.
1: Yes. (laughs) Hey, real quick. Hey, Chris, how red is your face right now? Chris, Are you laughing at us? Are you embarrassed that we're talking about you? Are you delighted that we're talking about you? I just want to know what your headspace is when I tell you that Mermaids is fucking great. It's fantastic. It's so good. Um, And Chris, you are so good in it. He's so good. He's...
0: All right, so if you've listened to Finish It at all, I have to th- I have to characterize Matt Yule as the straight man and Chris Yule as maybe more of the loose cannon.
1: Uh-huh, sure, sure.
0: Chris in this is the straight man, and, like, he's so good at deadpan. Like... Yes! I didn't realize that that would be a strength of his, like...
1: Well, because on Finish It, we mostly just hear him as, like, the goof-em-ups guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, but... Yeah. Okay. So the basis, the premise of this is Chris Yule plays a character named Chris. Anderson. Chris Anderson. Right, right. In a preemptive tribute to me, I have to imagine. Of course. Who gets, breaks up with his girlfriend and needs a place to stay.
1: Mm, Gets broken up with by his girlfriend.
0: Right, right. He ends it and then... Sure.
1: (laughs) And so he answers a Craigslist ad. Yeah. Looking for a roommate.
0: That you have to be okay with mermaids.
1: Yeah, and he's like, okay, whatever. So he goes to meet his new prospective roommate. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. No. But it Point turns... by point,
0: we won't spoil the whole thing, but point by point, plot synopsis. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it turns out his new roommate, and they do become roommates. Right. It'd be a weird show if they didn't. Right. Is a mermaid, but is the type of mermaid- So there's there's multiple types of mermaids. There's the human on top, fish on the bottom type- there's the human on the bottom, fish on the top type, which I have to imagine is just utterly horrifying. Right. And then there's the type that his roommate is, which is human on the outside, all fish on the inside. And I imagine the inverse must also be true, but that is, I don't believe, explored in the show.
0: Uh, No, I guess not. No.
1: Because by the time the roommate gets to, and there's me, I'm a mermaid on the inside. Chris it- is just kind of like, I'm ready to leave now.
0: This concept of this show, I, I, I'm i so mad that I didn't come up with the concept of this show because it's so off the wall, but it's so, you've made it, it's, you know how I always praise the Doctor Who writers for, for making a way to rotate cast and make your sure. show last forever through regeneration. generation? This is such a brilliant concept for a mermaid based thing. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a fish on the inside, but on the outside, he looks just like a dude. So you know what that means? You can just cast a dude.
1: Yeah. God, so great. I, I think that we should leave it at, this show is great. Yeah. You should all go watch it. Yes.
0: And and like it and comment.
1: And tell Chris how amazing he is.
0: At the Chris Yule. Um, and go tell him how much you enjoyed the show. And then go back to the YouTube page and go watch the other shows he's in, which we didn't watch.
1: Right. We haven't watched... That we didn't watch yet. Yeah,
0: of course. We're going to watch them. Yeah, And then when you go watch the other ones, figure out which one you like the best.
1: Yeah. And tell us. Yeah.
0: It's a competition now.
1: But yes, Chris, you're a delight.
0: Yes. And you apparently have been for years. Who knew? Yep. So, okay. Point number two. This year in books special is the best one yet.
1: It really is. I
0: advertised this episode.
1: (laughs) You did. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Can we now say that we know one of the Hollywood Chrises? Yeah. That we've had one of the Hollywood Chrises on our podcast? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So, I have a no context correction. Okay. I feel like I owe Pete Wentz an apology. Okay. Because up until last week when you told me that Pete was the lyricist. Right. I thought Pete was just the pretty boy front man of Mm Fall Out Boy. Right. Now that I know that he is the lyricist, I have been listening to a lot of Fall Out Boy over the past week because this will shock no one who's been listening for any amount of time. When I get obsessed with a thing, I get like really obsessed.
0: Um, welcome to this Welcome show. to our
1: show. So.
0: Except for Take This to Your Grave where Patrick did write most of the lyrics.
1: Right. But I've been listening to their later stuff more. Yeah. And, you know, Pete, I, I owe you an apology. You are more than just a pretty face. You are a very good lyricist. And a published novelist. He, did he write a novel? James, would you like to tell me the name of the person on this book I'm holding? Uh, let, me, let me get my, ga- my glasses. Well, is this easier? If I flip it around so you can see the author photo. That appears
0: to be Mr. Peter Wentz. It is. He also wrote a book of poetry, which I thought you were going to.
1: No, no. So he has apparently written multiple books. I did not know about the book of poetry. I knew about the book of short stories based on a series either a single or a series of recurring nightmares he had as a child. Ooh, that
0: may be what I'm thinking of as the poetry book.
1: The Boy with a Thorn in His Side? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Maybe it was a poetry book or a poetry short story. I don't know. It is currently out of print. I found, so I I was looking up something and it was mentioned that he had published a book called Grey during the hiatus. Okay. I didn't think the library would have it, but they did. And in fact, they had a copy at the Gumspring Library, which is very close to where I was taking the dog to an appointment at the vet that same day. Serendipity. Yeah. So after the vet, we went to the library and I went in and got the book and came home and read it in a single sitting on Friday night. Yep. It's fairly short. It's 228 pages. Okay. Apparently, he wrote... Part of it as, and this, this speaks to me so much. He wrote it in pe- like piecemeal Pete's over meal. the court, Pete's meal, over the course of a few years. Yeah. Just, and it was like this jumble of mismatched scenes that kind of didn't have anything to do with each other and weren't really a book. And so during Fallout Boy's hiatus, yep. which was during that time is when he and Ashley Simpson got divorced. Yeah. And I think this probably sp- this is clearly a book written by a man working through some shit.
0: Sure. Okay. Um so he <laughs> who's joined
1: whose uh,
0: whose whose who's lyrical output center is somewhat on hold.
1: Yes. So so he worked with a guy uh, James Montgomery who was a writer for MTV News to I guess take all of I, what I'm assuming and I have absolutely no basis for this because I couldn't find any information on it. Okay. But I'm assuming he was like I have all of these scenes. Could this be something? And James was like, "Yeah, let me kind of help you shape this into a novel, and tell you like help you figure out what you need to fill in and what needs to be added and moved around and so forth." It's very autobiographical. Uh huh. The unnamed narrator Uh is the guitarist for a rock band. Uh huh. From Chicago. Uh huh. Yep. Who has a girlfriend back home? Okay. Who. He's obsessed with, not necessarily to an unhealthy degree, but like it's the first time he's ever been like really, truly in love. And they had started getting really serious right as the band was really taking off and he was going to have to leave to go on tour. Sure. Which throughout the course of the book, which doesn't have a strict point A to point B plot. It mostly just kind of chronicles this guy going on tour and what that does to his relationship and what, what it does to his relationship does to his psyche. Okay, yeah. But throughout the course of the book, you know, they break up, they get back together, but not... Like, they break up and then they, like... He'll come back to town and they'll, like, hook up and then both feel kind of gross about it. Yeah. And end up fighting and then he goes back on tour. He ends up with, like, a severe substance abuse problem, like okay. um, antidepressants and anti- anti-anxiety medication. Right. Which I think Pete... Had a severe alcohol problem at one point. Like, I read an interview with him where he was talking a little bit about this, and he was like, You know, I there was a period of time before we went on hiatus when I was just drunk for every show. Yeah, and he did dabble with yeah. prescription drugs.
0: There's a song on From Under the Court Tree, uh, which is subtitled Ada Van Halen. Yeah, Ada is a, yeah, a yes,
1: and he.
0: I sing the blues and swallow them too is... Another.
1: Yeah. The interview that I read with him, he was like, it's like the media made the, like, I made some off the cuff remark about my use of like prescription medication having gotten out of control. It was really more the alcohol. Right. The drugs was more of like uh for a month or two there, like there was a very brief period, but that's the focus of the book okay. is the drugs. Right. Um, Like the character in the book is like spiraling in that direction as opposed to the alcohol. Okay. But like I mean, I had a really hard time reading it and not just assuming that this was the story of Pete Wentz's life. Sure. Because it does feel s- like there's so much that is true. Yeah. Enough. Right. That I have to keep reminding myself that this book I read is not necessarily the complete autobiography of Peter Wentz. Right. But I really I really enjoyed it. It huh. didn't receive great reviews from critics. Okay. And I can understand why critics critics complained that it didn't have much plot. Yeah, that it, you know, if if there is any autobiog- autobiography in this, uh, Pete Wentz needs to seek some psychiatric help. I okay. can understand which is why... really
0: a critical role for w- people. Right. to- Right. There, there but... was
1: one review I read that was like, if you know, if any, like if any large part of this is based on reality, poor Pete. Right. Because this dude is pretty fucked up. Right. But I, I really enjoyed it. Like, there were a lot of parts of it that resonated with me. Hmm. The, the writing whatever was in his brain, like, as a way to get it out of his brain, and then figuring out later how to make it all make a cohesive sense right. really spoke to me because that is mostly how I write. Right. And explains the very large file of many disjointed scenes that have nothing to do with each other on my desktop. Right. But, yeah. Oh, huh. yeah.
0: So it's called Gray.
1: It's called Gray with an A. With an A. -A G-R-A-Y.
0: Right. The American way. Yep. And why is it it called Gray? Because the world is gray? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's it's mostly a... It's like 50-50 a story of this rock star and how his fame has kind of broken him. Yeah. Equal parts that and the story of a relationship gone sour. Huh. Okay. But because of how married those two things are right it's it but yeah cool i, I so that is that is my segue yeah from that's a last great segue week and my no context correction public apology for my privately held thoughts of the past decade and a half right about whether or not pete wentz was smart i guess <laughs> And it's really well written too. Yeah. Like okay. I really enjoyed it. I actually have I I have put it on my Christmas list. I told my mom that I would like a copy of it. Cool. But yeah, so that's a nice segue into our actual topic of the books we read this year. Indeed. But also I'll, say,
0: I'll take my answer off air.
1: Yes. Pee Wins is a big old nerd. Like yeah. his whole right arm is a nightmare before Christmas sleeve. Yeah. And he's got um This is another, so this is a segue into the book I'm currently reading. Okay. So he's got a tattoo on the back of his, I watched a video, like an interview with GQ where he was talking about his tattoos. He's got one on the back of his arm that is from the anime Howl's Moving Castle. Sure. Which I had heard of.
0: R.I.P. Miyazaki. Sure. He just, the guy who made Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just died like this past week.
1: Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. But like that had been like on my radar for a while. Like Mm. I'd heard of it. Yeah. And kind of wasn't really aware of what it was. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's also a book.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: It's a really good book. I'm like 60% of the way through. Nice. Because, you know, again, I obsess about a thing and I obsess about it fully. So I'm picking up the anime from the library tomorrow. Yeah. But they had the ebook that was readily available. So I've been reading that for the past few days.
0: I think How's Moving Castle is the one um, that I said had that I, that I pictured the guy in Gerald's game um the 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 crazy mm-hmm. guy was definitely from a miyazaki movie and i think it was from hell's moving castle
1: i don't think it was hell's moving castle okay. if it is then i have not met that character yet spirited
0: away never mind yeah sorry yeah, yeah. i was like
1: i don't think it was yeah, yeah spirited away because it was like the kind of blank face guy yeah, yeah. yeah i'm i'm really enjoying the book so far cool it's kind of a it's weird because it's a children's story yeah but it's like middle reader mm-hmm. level. Yeah. But there's definitely some turns of phrase where I'm like, even I have to go back and reread them to make sure that I understand what's happening. And I think that's... Like, there are things that if I had read this in middle school, I would have been pretty confused.
0: Is it a translation?
1: I don't think so. Oh, interesting. The author's name is like Diana Jones. Huh. So okay. I, I don't think so. I think she's English. Okay. She might be Welsh. Okay. But, but like, I mean, like he's got like all these nerdy tattoos, and he's just a big old nerd like the rest of us.
0: Yeah. Aw. Pete Wentz, just like us.
1: Who writes good lyrics. And, you know, Pete, open invitation to come on the show literally anytime and talk about whatever you want. So So how should we we approach this? uh, I have a list of two authors that I have very much enjoyed this year. I have a list of my five stars, and I have a list of two series that I tried that were big old misses. I don't know how how you have yours organized.
0: Um, I I pulled up the Goodreads year in review thing because uh-huh. uh, that tends. I don't like I, I read twenty six books this year. Sure. Um, having deliberately cut my goal severely because I was going to try and catch up on New Yorkers and billboards.
1: And how'd that go?
0: Not great. Not I'm great. About a year behind, a little bit more than a year. So I only read. I only have not a handful, but you know, and a lot of these books are. Um, I have that I read four this podcast or other podcasts okay like uh the door into summer sure text from jane Eyre, which Mm -hmm. wasn't for this podcast but was mentioned on this podcast i think and then uh my immortal of course
1: of course i also had that on my goodreads i was like (laughs) i spent a lot of time with this story i'm counting it
0: absolutely a mercy which i read for the judging book covers podcast okay uh, by tony morrison a pet cemetery Mm-hmm. live by night which is a book that i've read that i read as part of my books i picked out to read from a random number generator thing but which i am tentatively already scheduled to be on the we'll get it right next year podcast that's right in 2019 um and then uh every day and another day and someday right and then New Erotic for Feminists. Right. I think were all the books that I read. for. Oh, and uh, um, Gilda Radner's uh, autobiography, which I read in conjunction with my appearance on Historical Hotties in right. February. Right. So those were, that was, a. I mean, like, I would say. That was half your book. And Gerald's Game. Too. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. And I mean, like, uh, the Adventure Zone book I put on there, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read if not for this podcast. So Right. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. A lot of books read in conjunction with this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think I had nearly as many that were in conjunction with the podcast. Huh. Okay. Because I'd already read Gerald's Game. Right. I didn't read any of the ones that you read for other podcasts. That would be weird if you did. I didn't read Doran to Summer. Right. Was that one that you were already reading? I don't remember. Were you already no. reading that and you were like, I want to talk about this on the show? Or did you pick it up and you were like, let's talk about this book that I'm going to read for the show?
0: I know that I got it from the um, the... Uh, greatest right time travel, like the introduction to the greatest yeah, time yeah, travel, yeah. which is the same place I got um, uh, all you zombies from. Right. I don't remember whether it was like I'll read it and talk about it on the show, or holy crap, I'm reading this book. Yeah, I don't Let remember. Me talk about it. I don't remember which. It was way. a while ago. Yeah, it, yeah, it was very early on. It was like my second book or third book. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. What, what, what do you got? <laughs> let's let's go back and forth a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I have two authors that I discovered this year who I'm obsessed with.
0: I. And helped. Pete
1: Wentz is not one of them.
0: Right. Because he's not a... Right. It's a different... Right.
1: Right. We already talked about different, Pete Wentz. Now we're going to talk about other authors I'm obsessed with. One of them
0: I helped you look for at the library one time when I, you and I were at the library, I think.
1: Did you? I think I so. Remember, I when, remember that. I don't remember what the book was. It wasn't Simone St. James, was it? Yeah,
0: yeah. It was Simone St. Oh, James. it was? Okay. Yeah.
1: So Simone St. James wrote a book, I think it was called The Broken Girls. Yeah. That was suggested to me by Kyle from The M Word.
0: And also came up... Oh, maybe not. I, I thought it also came up on the Judging Book Covers podcast um, that Meg Griffin re- recommended. But... That was Final Girls, oh, okay, right. which I
1: also read Didn't Love. Right. Okay. Um, I've read a couple things by that author now, and it's they're fine. They're like solid three-star thrillers right. for me. I'm sorry. Um, so no, no, James. no. You're fine. So, so Kyle was talking on the M-Word about this book he was reading called The Broken Girls by Simone St. James. And I think he read a passage of it. And it was like a spooky ghost story. And I was like, that sounds really good. Because even though ghost movies are a hard pass for me, yes. I really like ghost books. Okay. I'm fascinated by the concept of ghosts. I just don't want to see them. Sure. Is the thing. So I read this book and then discovered that she, this was kind of an, anom- an anomaly for her. This one is set in, it, it kind of splits between present day and like the 1950s. Okay. Um. There's like, you know, the girls who... We're broken. We're broken. Um, and this reporter who's investigating the story of this girl who went missing and is thought to be haunting the uh, boarding school okay. in town. But most of what she has written takes place just after World War One. Oh, okay. Almost like everything else I've read by her. I
0: love that period
1: is set like just post World War 1 all of the men in it are you know scarred by the war Sure there was uh The Haunting of Maddie Claire may not have been World War 1 centric I don't No it was because the love interest in that had been in the war Yeah so yeah all of all of them are post World War 1 but I've I've been really enjoying them The Broken Girls I think was my favorite in terms of like I found it the most kind of compelling ghost story okay the others i'm not interested in the ghosts as much as i'm interested in the people who are alive and how they're interacting with one another right but yeah she's been like a solid thumbs up from me every single time
0: interesting simone st james simone
1: st james and the audiobook narrator for her books is fantastic
0: cool do you know what
1: mary something mary jane some mary jane way might be making that up I don't know, Mary something. Okay. But she's she's English and does different voices, like does a variety of accents. Oh, cool. And she's she's very, very good. Very cool. So I highly recommend those books, particularly in audio form.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I did a couple... Well, I read a couple of... Um... Graphic novels or okay. like uh, collections of comics. Sure,
1: Saga. Of course. of course, I read two
0: different ones of those. Uh, I read the Paper Girls, uh, the first four volumes of the Paper Girls.
1: I don't remember seeing those on my list, but I know I read them, and I yeah. know I put them on Goodreads. Yeah, I don't think I read the fourth volume. I think I read the first three.
0: They're very good. They were different than what I thought they were. Same. Um, but what they actually were was was good too. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more of a kids on bike sort of deal. Same. Um. And it turned out to be more like saga than I thought it was going to be. Like sort of like weird time travel yeah, alternate dimension. It was style. all
1: I thought it was gonna be kids on bikes and it turned out to be Future Man on Bikes.
0: Yeah. Oh good great.
1: It was very Excellent fu- It was compar- very Future Man, because they were not expecting to be thrown into what they were thrown right. into and there were like aliens and But yeah, it was I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too.
0: Oh, by the way, January eleventh, Future Man oh, season two. Oh, Awesome. Yeah. And then I read one volume of the star wars uh comic which uh so when they there was a period of time when disney bought star wars Mm -hmm. and there were good parts of that at least in my mind which were just so many movies sure (laughs) new star wars movie basically every year since that happened yeah um there were bad parts which were all these star wars books i'd read as a kid were decanonized
1: oh yeah yeah.
0: um they they were turned into star wars legends no. Yeah, it was, it was, but I mean, you you kind of had to do that because then, because they basically mapped out the entire history of the Star Wars universe from way, way back in the day to way, way in the future through all these, you know, through 30 years of, of alternate universe fiction. So if they're going to make, if they had any hope of making movies, now you might be saying, well, why don't they option some of the books that were written?
1: That is exactly what my brain is saying.
0: But Disney. So, okay. um, but one of the things that happened was that they also own Marvel. Yeah. So they commit. They have Star Wars and like Darth Vader and like Princess Leia all got comic books. Okay. Um. And so I read the first issue, the first collection of the Star Wars comic book, which had been on my Amazon, uh, wish list for a while and whatever. Okay. have It occurred to me. I was like, I could read this on Hoopla. Mm. Hmm. So I did. Hoopla
1: is great for. Everything. That's where I've gotten most of my audiobooks. That's where we've found comics and stuff. Yeah, if y'all have a library card, check out the Hoopla app. That's
0: where I listened to Mania yesterday, yep. last week.
1: Oh, I just bought it unlistened to. I was like, yeah. oh, Fallout Boy album I don't have? Purchase.
0: Yeah. Um, it was the Star Wars comic book um, I didn't love because okay. it felt like fan fiction. Okay. It felt like, and like this can be charming, it felt like they'd had a whiteboard and they were like, who could we have in these comic books to really get people to read these comic books? Okay. Oh man, we'll have uh, Luke Skywalker face off against Darth Vader before they ever meet in Empire Strikes Back, and it's like it doesn't. I don't know. It, it didn't.
1: That does sound like almost like an AU kind of fan fiction sort of. It it felt yeah.
0: very much. What are like? What are kids gonna like? Yeah. Which is a weird thing. Like, I sometimes forget that comic books were traditionally, like, a kid's thing. Right. Um, but this one felt very much like, and then it's like, and Boba Fett's going to show up. It's like, oh, why? Oh, because it's cool to draw Boba Fett? I mean, I guess it's, that's a good enough reason as any, but like...
1: Now, are these considered canon? Yes, these are canon. Okay.
0: Yep. No, exactly. Now, I will say that they have brought a character that was introduced in the very first, um, like spin like, trilogy that happened after... Like the Hayden a-
1: Christensen trilogy?
0: Uh, no, no, no. Um, oh. The first n- novel trilogy oh. that that was really big was written in 1995 okay. by this guy named um, Timothy Zahn, and he had a villain in it called, named uh, Admiral Thrawn, who okay. was part of the Empire but was a blue skinned, red eyed alien, okay. which is interesting because the the Empire is basically the Nazis, so they don't like people of color. Cool. Which he is clearly, um, but a he's blue this, color, like- right? Exactly. He's this brilliant strategist, and he's this great like villain and they've brought him into they've had timothy zahn write thrawn books in the new regime okay. so he's now canon which is great okay. they have like one or two more uh extended universe characters that i want them to bring into the canon before like and then i'm then i'm good like then, okay. I, then i can put the canon you know the other stuff to rest anyways um and then the last comic book i read um i saw the movie kingsman
1: yeah that was like a heist
0: movie um it's like it's not a heist movie i um was
1: it did it look like a heist movie
0: kinda okay it's basically it's basically like what if this is this is gonna give you the wrong impression but i'm so tickled by the the description what if harry potter was like a 19 year old jagoff and
1: so what if harry potter right (laughs) but he that's not fair he was 17 in the last book
0: He'd grown up and was sort of like this, like, hoodlum that was going nowhere. And instead of getting his letter for Hogwarts, he got his letter for spy school. Okay. It's basically that.
1: Okay. There's this guy named Eggie. So it was a spy movie, not a heist movie. It's a
0: spy movie, but with, like, cool gadgets. And, like, it's basically, like, what if James Bond was even more, like, cool gadgets and stuff and, like, fighting? There's, like, a, a villain. There's a bad guy who has swords for feet? What? Like, you know how um, people with that have lost their legs, like, they can still run track because they yeah, have those, like, yeah. bouncy things? Yeah. She has those, but they're sharpened. Oh. So she can, like...
1: I hate it.
0: It's it's pretty cool to watch in the movie. Now, I will say... It's so th-
1: horrifying.
0: <clears throat> the movie was really good. Michael Caine... Don't
1: Cain... sharpen your feet, people.
0: Well, they were swords, as you see.
1: Don't... Don't have <laughs> swords for feet, people. That's Awful. <laughs>
0: Um, So I I got the comic because it's based on a comic and I didn't love it. Okay. (laughs) Because they made, they did, oh, uh, Colin Firth is in it.
1: I do like Colin Firth. (laughs) I don't know if I like Colin Firth enough to subject myself to Swordfoot Lady.
0: She is not a main part of the movie.
1: Still. But. Like the the whole concept is a little bit just unsettling. Yeah. To me. I feel like
0: I was going to see the second movie and then maybe I didn't or I did. Huh, anyways. Um so I read the comic and they changed stuff from the comic to the movie that I prefer the movie. So I didn't love that okay. comic book either. So
1: um my second author that I discovered this year who I really love is Becky Albertalli, who you know the movie Love Simon? Yes. So that is based on her book Simon Versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Okay. Which is I don't think her first book, but it's the one that kind of like because they made a movie out of it. Sure. It kind of put her on people's radar yeah um so that book mika told me hi mika told hi, mika. me that i should read that one yeah and it was adorable okay i still haven't seen the movie i, I want to it Has I just, a
0: great soundtrack it does it yeah
1: but i read simon
0: that's a great soundtrack the james anderson story
1: yeah and you notice i'm like cool
0: <laughs> uh, cool moving on
1: <laughs> i read the sequel which is called leah on the offbeat which i did not like nearly as much.
0: I've seen that advertised. It just won a Goodreads award.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: It, de- it, de- it for it sure It definitely did. for yeah. sure
1: did. Yeah. It, so Leah is one of Simon's best friends. Okay. And I do love the, hey, let's take this side character and give them their own book Classic, thing. yeah. I did not, uh, I don't want to spoil that one for anybody because <sighs> I'm gonna not- I'm going
0: to have to read these freaking books.
1: You, you are. Not everybody is going to agree with me, so- If you want to talk to me about why I didn't love Leah, come talk to me about why I didn't love Leah. Not the character. I loved the character. Sure. If you want to talk to me about why I didn't love that book, come talk to me about it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But there was another one she did called The Upside of Unrequited that I think came before Simon.
0: I have that on my list already.
1: Oh, you do? I may have told you about it when I read it. Oh, maybe. It is utterly adorable. I liked it possibly more than Simon. It's, again, tangentially related. I think the character is her twin sister is dating somebody from one of the other books. I think I could be wrong. Okay. But it's, it was, it was, it was really, really cute. And so I basically will now read anything Becky Albertalli writes. Nice. She tends, she writes like, like YA romance. So it's like nice and clean and adorable. It definitely has, like, a heavy LGBT bent to it. Like, you know, Simon is gay. Sure. Uh, Spoilers. I mean, yeah. Core core concept. (laughs) Um, Leah is bi. Okay. Can't remember the name of the character in the Upside of Unrequited, but she was straight, but her sister was gay. Oh, interesting. And it's just, like, a very sweet, adorable, inclusive universe that she's created, and it... It it gives me warm fuzzies. Cool. I like them.
0: Well, your previous recommendations, I already had most of them on my, no. on my one not want read. So yeah, I don't have very much more except for um. I read my friend Ricky wrote a graphic novel like in 2014, and my first uh my first book that I read this year was it. It's called okay. Victims at the End of the World. Okay. I don't know if it's still available, but okay. you should search for it. It was pretty good. Like it, I, I like. I think that. You could tell that he was sort of young when he wrote it. Okay. Um but it has kind of like a Kevin Smithy like record store thing going on but also kind of like an indie comics like I said Linda Berry just cuz that's the sort of indie comics that I okay. grew up with but like it has definitely like a dark humor to it and uh I really enjoyed it. It was it was very cool to to have like music references, music references, contemplations about life, you know, get the girl sort of stuff. Sure. It was good. Cool. It was my first book I read and it was my uh uh least popular book that i read this year because okay. i was the t- one of 10 people and oh. it was the shortest book i read this year okay so um if i may um i just like to go over like the stats of my year-end books and sure. then i can and then i can tap out of okay. because also because it sounds like my voice is about to
1: your voice is done
0: die so okay so i read uh 5953 pages across 26 book this books this year Okay. Um, a shortest book, 68 pages, Victims at the End of the World, longest book from a certain point of view, which was that uh Star Wars short story book mm-hmm. um that I read that Griffin was in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was very cool. I think I talked about it. Oh, I talked about it on uh on the Patreon recommendation page, but it's been long enough that I can Yeah. Um, it's it basically it goes through the first Star Wars movie, basically in in order, but picks out like background characters and tells their story. Yeah. It's very, very cool. I uh, love that concept. Yeah. It's, it's, I want like, I want people to do that for like all my favorite movies. I,
1: yeah. I was just about <laughs> to say, like, it doesn't appeal to me for Star Wars. Yeah. But I very much would love that yeah. from basically any fandom that I like.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, like Harry Potter. Are you kidding me?
1: Well, that's literally what Puffs is. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, kind of.
1: But well, like, well, whole... I guess not literally because they were original characters. Right. But like but... a
0: whole. Like compendium, compendium of yeah, good, really good authors writing little short stories about like oh they were mentioned offhandedly as being in the class yeah. Here's what the rest of their year like was the like. Petil twins yeah exactly yeah. My most popular book that I read this year was Pet Cemetery, which was also read I don't know if this is this year or total probably total uh, by three hundred and sixty four thousand eight hundred twenty seven people.
1: That's probably total. Probably total. Uh, my
0: average rating for books for twenty eighteen was four point four. Which okay. is pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, highest rated was again victims at the end of the world, because only ten people have, you know, I may have been one of the only star reviewers. And uh yeah. Uh my first book that I read was that. And then the last book I have was Someday, which is that third um yeah everyday book, and I really liked it a lot. I feel like it was a pretty good year for books for me. Yeah. Not I mean, like, not for graphic novels. I've I've read better graphic novels in, in a year. Yeah. Um The Adventure Zone was good. Saga was classic. Uh-huh. And then other things Paper were Girls Paper was Girls was, fine. was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I read some uh, so, sort of clunkers, but Yeah. I'm going to read I think I'm going to read Squirrel Girl next year, which I'm really excited okay. about. Yeah. That's cool. Also, I I've, I've also been recommended like Bitch Planet and I should I should also probably read Why the Last Man at Some Point too. Yeah. So So yeah, I am I'm, I'm excited about 2019. I'm going to uh finish up the books that I assigned myself this year, like um from the Buick, from a Buick 8 mm-hmm. and Insomnia. Were the Stephen King books I have left to read. Sure. And then I have, like, three more non Stephen King books left to read. So before I assign myself new books, I'm going to finish those. Good call. They might, I feel like, at this point, I feel like they're going to take me through the end of next year. But See,
1: this is partly because I kept assigning you books. But, like, they were... <laughs> Which I apologize for, but only a little bit. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, you kept assigning me YA books, so, like, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. Also, those someday, every day, all day, and each and every day, most days... Um. <laughs> Like were really, like really made me think about a lot of stuff and like were ve- felt very important to me yeah. as a whole, like the first two. And then th- that someday, like a really felt, a gr- like I really feel like a, they were sort of a life-changing series. So like, yeah. thank you for assigning them of to course,
1: me. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I want to talk about, well, here, I'll go ahead and do my stats. Okay. Apparently my shortest book was a beginner's guide to beta reading, which I didn't actually... Read. I marked that off when I did a beta read for Mika. Okay. And I wanted to count it because it was a full book, but it's not one that's published yet. So it wasn't on Goodreads. And at sure. that point, I didn't know you could add books to Goodreads. Yeah. And I also kind of don't want to like jack up. Like, she's going to have an actual page yeah. for that book. And actually, that one, I probably could just change it because I'm pretty sure that one. She released it on Radish, okay. which is a like romance novel serial app. Right. And I don't know if it would be on Goodreads. Or not. I'll have to look that up. My longest book was Pet Cemetery*. Of course. 580 pages. My most popular, my average length was 197 pages. Oh, did I say how many? I read 20,123 pages across 102 books. Okay. Now, some of these were audio. Right. Some of these were children's books that I read to my children, but they were chapter books and so I count them. Right. Some of that, and actually some of them, some of those books that I read to my kids, I didn't put on this yet um and there's a series called trapped in a video game okay that i got for lorelei thinking she might enjoy it they're really good like oh interesting like i have told her she's not allowed to read those without me <laughs> because awesome. i'm really enjoying them awesome some of those pages were definitely uh the game choices sure which is a mobile game i play that is sort of a choose your own adventure style thing but they were on goodreads so i count them uh my my most popular book was red queen okay uh, which was the first in the Red Queen series. I haven't read any of the rest of them because I kept getting, like, the third one kept coming available, but the second one was, like, perpetually not available at the library.
0: Is it the one with, like, a bloody crown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an upside down bloody on crown. List. Yeah.
1: It's very Hunger Gamesy, y, divergent y. Yeah. Uh, my least popular was a beginner's guide to beta reading. Sure. With zero people also read this. You're unique. Uh, highest rated on Goodreads was The Crown and the Flame Book Three, which is one of the choices books. Okay.
0: What was your What was your average rating?
1: Uh, three and a half. Oh, okay. which which I read some real clunkers and I read some real great ones. Right. But yeah,
0: like a clunker for me, it gets a two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think sorry. the lowest I gave one this year was two. Yeah. I don't think I gave any one stars.
0: Two is like stumbling over the finish line. One is like nope. I'm well, even... I do
1: ha- I do have an I did not finish like right. an abandoned thing. A one is like I forced myself to finish this yeah. because I wanted to know how the story ended. Right. And it wasn't bad enough for me to abandon it and look at the Wikipedia page. Right. A two is like, this was not good. Right. I would not recommend it. I did finish it. Right. Some of the ones that got twos, I so I got, I found this app called Webtoon okay. that I may have talked about on, I know I've told you about it. I may have talked about it on the show before.
0: T-O-O-N.
1: T-O-O-N. And it's, it's like a weekly update comic site. Right. I think I found it through a Facebook suggested post. Okay. Specifically for one called Lore Olympus. Yes. Which is the... It's a fresh take on the Hades and Persephone story. And I got really into it. And I was like, I want to read more things based on this myth. So I found a series called The Goddess Test by Amy Carter. Okay. And I read that and it was... Saying that it was based on the Persephone myth is kind of a stretch. It was the story of a teenage girl who was her kidnapping to Hades's house was orchestrated by one of the other gods. It, it was it was very strange. It was fine. It was better than the other one I read that I don't remember the names of, but it was by Meg Cabot. Oh, whoa. Who wrote Princess Diaries. Yeah. And a bunch of other things. And I went into that one expecting to really like it. It fell so flat for me.
0: Expectations.
1: Yeah. Well, just because I know she's a good writer. And this almost felt like somebody else wrote it for her. And she slapped her name on it because it was not well written. There was absolutely no character development. Like, young adult readers tend to get very protective of their favorite authors. And I was afraid that I was going to get just decimated on Goodreads for giving this low reviews. Right. But honestly, I think most people agreed with my reviews. Right. So, yeah, if you... I can't remember what it was called. But if you happen to stumble across the Persephone story by Meg Cabot, it was... um, The main character's name was Pierce. The girl was named Pierce.
0: Pierce 70?
1: Uh-huh. Hmm. And then I had a bunch of I had a bunch of five stars. Um a lot of a lot of thrillers. I'm just I'm just going to read the list of five stars. Yeah. Um so The Broken Girls was a five star. Um pretty sure Upside of Unrequited and Simon were five stars. They may have been four, but I think they were five. So I have Scrappy Little Nobody.
0: Oh yeah, that was a good one.
1: I Let You Go, which was probably the best thriller I read this year okay the woman in the window which in hindsight i don't think deserved the five stars that i gave it but i guess at the moment i felt like it did <laughs> i am watching you okay which was another thriller that was very good one of us is lying which is a young adult thriller that i think they're making a tv show out of maybe uh, that's that's one of
0: my favorite uh titles from this year one of us is lying because i was like i remember i think you were reading it or someone uh-huh. was reading it and i was like are they
1: uh yes <laughs> yes they well i don't know if one of them was somebody was Widow's Point by Richard Chismar, which was super chilling. The Immortalists, which is actually the book that brought us to the M-word. Yes. Because Kyle came on our Facebook group and was like, hey, you guys should read this book. And it was really good. Yeah. Uh, the Hate You Give. Yeah. Which I haven't seen the movie yep. yet, but I really want to. The book was incredible. And then Sadie, which is another young adult that was just like gut-wrenching. Right. But in a good way, but also a bad way, because I don't think it's ever good to have your guts wrenched. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. But
1: it was, I, it was, it was a beautiful book. I just, I was looking to try and find my
0: five stars uh-huh. and I had two books on here that I've never read as read. So now uh, I'm worried. Oh. Yeah. What are they? Um, We Were Eight Years in Power by Ta-Nehisi Coates, Um, who is an, I mean, I want to read that, but I haven't read it.
1: Did you maybe just mismark it?
0: Maybe. But Every Heart, A Doorway, Wayward Children, number one. What? I don't know. I don't know what this is. I put it on my want to read because apparently maybe I want to read it, but like it certainly doesn't belong. I'm on red. Yeah. Huh. All right. So I gave five stars to New Erotica for Feminists, of course. Uh Saga, oh, volume nine. I
1: haven't marked that as red.
0: Dessa's book, Every Day. Oh, every That's interesting. Every day I gave a five star. Someday I only give a four. Interesting.
1: Same, I gave every day a five star and then I think another day and someday got four stars from me. I
0: feel like I might. No, no, interesting. Uh, I, don't I know.
1: liked Every Day best because it was fresh.
0: Yeah, that may be. That may be the. But like Every Day, I'd read again. I might. Get, I might cut that down to a four star if I was rating it again. Uh, The Adventure Zone, Pet Cemetery. So the Paper Girls books, I, all, I give all five stars. <laughs> My Immortal gave three stars. Uh, Gerald's Game from a certain point of view, and Saga Volume Eight, and Victims of the End of the World.
1: I gave Pet Cemetery five stars. I just realized I didn't put it on. My list. I think I, I kind of culled my five star list to read on yeah. air. But Pet Cemetery I gave five stars to, but that is one that I will not ever reread. Yeah,
0: that that's maybe, I think that's maybe my my favorite Aaron take of the year was this was so great and I'm never, ever going to touch this book ever again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, you know. Yeah.
0: Books be any books. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. <laughs> so.
1: We should do social media yeah. and say goodbye to everybody.
0: Yes. Um, We have a Facebook group called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed.
1: Yep. We also have Twitter. We are at UFO Podcast, where you decide what the F stands for. This week, the F stands for Fish Flatmate.
0: Yep. Fish Flatmate. Perfect. Yep. You've done it. We are individually on Twitter. I am at unabashed James.
1: I'm at Unabashedly Aaron.
0: We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Unabashedly Obsessed. But yeah, so we have a bunch of Patreon-related stuff coming up. Um, If you want to join... Uh, our Patreon, you have access to a lot of newsletters. Mm -hmm. We also have a uh, merch store.
1: Yes, we do. It is cafepress.com slash obsessed. Put our cartoon faces on stuff.
0: Indeed. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I mean, you can email us, rate the show, subscribe.
1: Yeah, if you haven't rated and reviewed in iTunes, we would appreciate it if you did. It helps us. I was going to say rise in those rankings, but like get any rankings.
0: I mean, we are currently at number 340 on the Comedy Podcast in Zimbabwe, so I'm feeling great. Right. Down from three thirty nine where we were earlier in the week. Ouch! But we're holding steady. Okay. In the mid three hundreds.
1: Well, help us get rate and review us and get us recognized in a different country that I, isn't the United States or.
0: <laughs> I do. Cur- I do still look um, like every couple of days for new reviews on our show. So I will this is see true. them.
1: And if he sees them, he always tells me about them.
0: Exactly. So I think that's going to do it other than thanking Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there's a ladder down here? You can find Jamie and his band A Silent Few on YouTube.
1: And thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at corrupted gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. And this week her fan, I'm assuming it's fan art for Hello from the Magic Tavern, was on like the Apple Podcasts page.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. Which was pretty awesome. Yeah. So if you are here because you saw her art and wanted to find all the stuff she'd done logo art for, welcome.
1: Welcome. Please stay. Stick around. All the other social media we said, utilize it. Exactly. Your voice is dead.
0: Yeah. So this has been, you know, the third annual year in book. Yeah. And I think it was good. Yes. It was just as rambly as it always is. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I feel like that we tightened up the actual book part. Yeah. Far more than we have in the past. It was just the 40 minutes of rambling about Chris Yule and Pete Wentz beforehand.
0: Right. Heartthrobs, Chris Yule and Pete Wentz. I mean... This has been a, a... just another great episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. Oh,
1: you can tell you're sick. You can't think of adjectives.
0: Um, and this if has been a... If you didn't like it, you will be sorry.
1: Oh, no. This has <laughs> been a bookish episode of Unabashedly Obsessed.
0: I'm James.
1: I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And makes you sound like James. Yeah. Don't smoke. Ugh. Or pennies. Don't smoke pennies. Don't... No. I don't... What? How would that even work? I it. mean, don't do it because it certainly would not work well. Well, if you melted the pennies down.